Hello, and welcome to the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast, brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calicoon, New York. This month at the Kitchen Table Cafe is their September month of giving. For every drip of coffee, they will give 25 cents. For every bubble tea, they'll give 50 cents. For every bagel sale, 25 cents. For every eggs over the meadow, 50 cents. For every vegan sandwich, a dollar. For every chicken sandwich, 50 cents. And all tips on Tuesday and Thursday will also be donated. And all proceeds this month will go to the Western Sullivan Public Library on Main Street in Calicoon. I'm managing editor Joe Abraham, and here is a special podcast on the situation going on at Lake Jefferson. What started as an effort by the Lake Jeff Conservation Association to save the lake has, according to them, turned into an effort to save the village from threats of flooding. Since Lake Jefferson was created in 1927 as property of the former Lake Jefferson Hotel, it has been enjoyed by visitors and local residents alike. However, its existence has been threatened because of damage sustained by the Lake Jefferson Dam spillway from a historic flood in the summer of 2006. In 2020, the Lake Jeff Conservation Association began their Save Lake Jeff initiative with the long-term goal of renovating the dam and turning the private property where the hotel once stood into a public park by transferring ownership to the village of Jeffersonville, town of Calicoon, or Sullivan County. The lake is currently privately owned. However, engineers hired by the association have concluded that the dam is no longer in compliance with federal and state regulations, which have changed since it was built 95 years ago. Therefore, renovation is not a possibility. The Lake Jeffersonville Dam is regulated by the New York State Department of Environmental Conservation and has been part of a small hydropower operation since 1985. As a result, the dam must also adhere to safety regulations and requirements of the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission. The owners of the dam, Kevin and Barbara Greff, were recently informed by FERC that the concrete structure, which for years had been deemed low hazard, was actually a high hazard dam. By definition, a high hazard dam is one in which failure or misoperation is expected to result in loss of life and may also cause significant economic losses, including damages to downstream property or critical infrastructure, environmental damage, or disruption of lifeline facilities. With these factors in mind, the Greffs have been in contact with the United States Fish and Wildlife Service and the nonprofit American Rivers, who are working to secure funding to have the spillway removed as a public safety measure. The end result will be that Lake Jeff will revert back into a stream, and once the dam is removed with federal involvement, a new one cannot be put up in its place. During this process, the Greffs are under a federal directive to keep the water level low. Coupled with drought conditions earlier this summer, the lake looked almost barren at times, causing many to question what was happening to it. Rainwater, however, has helped fill it up recently. Lake Association President Andrew Weinstein and Vice President Lauren Sakali have concerns about the removal of the dam and what that means for water control in the village that has faced several floods in its history. In discussions with the Democrat, they reference two studies. They say the first, conducted by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers in 2010, describes how dams in the larger east branch of the Calicoon Creek watershed have worked together to control flooding in the past, as well as how the breach of those dams on the east branch and its tributaries have upset the larger system of control. Weinstein said the breach of the Briscoe Dam in 2005 caused excess flood during a storm in 2006 that damaged the Lake Jeffersonville Dam spillway. 
The dam on Briscoe Lake has been rebuilt since the 2010 study was conducted. They also referenced another study by Parksville engineer Wes Illing, which demonstrated that in heavy participation, the local topography shunts a large amount of water towards Jeffersonville in a short amount of time. In addition to the studies, Ref Weinstein referenced several flooding events that occurred in the late 1800s and early 1900s, and how it seemed that after the dam was built, such events happened only rarely. These factors, on top of concerns over changes in climate and increase in storm intensity in recent decades, have led the Lake Association to believe that the solution to flood control is a new dam that can regulate massive flows without overtopping. But that doesn't come without a hefty price tag. Estimates given to the Lake Association by an engineer two years ago were between $1 and $2 million for a new dam before recent inflation. There is funding available through the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Continuing Authorities Program. Under the Flood Damage Reduction Project section of the program, the maximum federal cost for planning, design, and construction of any one project is $10 million. Costs for preparation of plans, specifications, and construction are shared at 65% federal and 35% non-federal. However, Weinstein explained that as long as the dam is privately owned, grant monies are limited. In the meantime, the Lake Association plans to engage their new congressional representative following November's election about the possibility of Infrastructure Act funds. If a new dam is $2 million, we think the government spending $2 million on a preventative measure makes sense, said Sakali, who owns several businesses in the village, because they would be making $2 million in repairs down the road or more, she said. There's a lot of government money, and $2 million is not a lot to ask for. She added that local businesses and homes have suffered in recent years because of the flooding. I want to do everything I can to keep another setback from happening, she said. Lisa Hollingsworth Segetti, the director of River Restoration in American Rivers, was brought into the project by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Moving dams that have aged out of their useful life or of a hazard classification that is beyond what the owners are able to make investment in and bring up to speed is one of the areas in which American Rivers specializes. It's done in recognition that Returning the river, which has been blocked, comes with certain ecological, recreational, and community advantages. Therefore, American Rivers helps the dam owners find the resources to get the design and permitting in place, as well as raise the construction funds to remove the dam. They can serve as the project manager, working in partnership with other groups. We're really flexible and creative when it comes to just solving the problem of eliminating obsolete infrastructure and restoring our streams to free-flowing condition, said Segetti. She mentioned that they have studies that show that land on free-flowing river can be as much as 30% more valuable than property on an impoundment, which in this case is a lake. Also, if the area where the lake currently sits were to be purchased by a local authority or made into a park that the public could utilize, Segetti said it would be a world-class trout fishing location due to the east branch of the Calicoon Creek's wild trout stream, which could add to the local economy with fishing guides and kayak slash canoe liveries, etc. But the number one thing is elimination of liability, she said. So will a new dam or restoration of the stream slash natural floodplain provide better protection against flooding? That's the $64,000 question, she said, and there is no one right answer. She added that it depends on the context of the river, the available floodplain that could be kept in open space and used to store floodwaters, the development patterns in the community, and whether or not people built homes right up to the floodplain to be close to the water. We looked at preliminary data and determined the Lake Jefferson Dam does not really provide flood storage or protection, said Segetti. Whatever it does is minimal. So keeping that as flood storage, flood protection dam, really doesn't make sense. It would take a fairly detailed, expensive study, we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, to determine what the flood risk is in the community and how a potential flood storage dam could abate that risk.
She added that engineering would be needed and then would have to be approved by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, or FEMA. There's a very detailed and precise process that has to happen, she said, and with state and federal oversight and acceptance of that information, as well as public hearings. So that's a whole piece that the community would have to embark on if they were to decide that they wanted to move forward with a flood control dam. Sacchetti also said the project is complex since the dam and lake are privately owned by different parties, likely with different interests, as well as a community that relies on a privately owned dam to provide a public amenity. But the bottom line is there's an unsafe dam in the community, said Sacchetti, and the best thing that we can do is alleviate the potential of the dam failing and harming somebody downstream. That does it for this special episode of the Sullivan County Democrat podcast brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calico, New York. We'll catch up with you again next week with the latest headlines.